I was doing good. I was doing really good. I felt great until, bro, Michael's Hill. It's <laughs> <laughs> always Michael's Hill, dude. I love Michael right now. Dude, give me that neck, boy. And it, but, no, for real. I, I was going up, and uh, I even, even, like, when I got to the top, like, I made it up smoothly, but it was fucking humid out, man. And when I got to the top, my... My breathing was pretty under control, but my heart rate was through the fucking roof, dude. It was hot. Yeah. And then, you know, you go down a little hill, and then you got to go up another mini one. Mm. And that one fucked me, dude. <laughs> oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I got up it, and I was like, holy shit. And I looked down at my watch, and I still have like a mile and a half. Yeah. So what did I do? I ran more hills until I got home. <laughs> <laughs> my legs were screaming, dude. I was yeah. begging out there. Dude, I was really surprised. My heart rate stayed really low today. It was hot, but it stayed low. Yeah. Well, I was very, very happy about. Yeah, oh, dude. there's a dog. Hi, dog. Yeah. That's Dallas. Hi. Oh, hi, Dallas. I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, I also didn't really take into account how much I was going to sweat today. And I barely had any electrolytes yesterday. <laughs> and I woke up and I drank a liter of water like I usually do. Mm. And I had I had a scoop of electrolytes in it. But it, it didn't it didn't help me, bro. Mm. I got home, dude, my piss Yellow. Diesel fuel. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no wonder my heart rate was so high. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, I was actually I found another place. It's like right next to the one place I was at. It's like the one mile loop. Yeah. For the bike. But I found another place next to it. And there's actually a bike lane. Like, there's lines. God bless. God bless. These motherfuckers are still in the goddamn bike lane. Yeah. They're walking the other direction of where the bikes are supposed to. So they can't. I, I have to fucking yell and they won't hear me because they got headphones on. Dude, you should just. Run into them? Yes. I'm going to. Or put like a car horn on your bike, dude. No, like, yeah, like a train horn. Just like, laying into a it. A train horn. <laughs> No, yeah, people that would weigh stupid, me. That would weigh dude. me down, though. That's so dumb. It, it was a lot better though than the other place. Yeah, a lot dude. better. People piss me off, bro. I'll be out there running, and I'm on the shoulder where I'm supposed to be, going mm -hmm. against traffic. I'm like a good two feet off the road, dude. Mm -hmm. Clear out of your way. Yeah. And there's sometimes it looks like people are coming right at me. <laughs> I'm like, dude. That's why I don't bike on the on the road. I do not oh, trust people. No, I do bro. not trust people. You'd probably be dead. Yeah, I've had cold, yeah. I've had close calls already. Yeah. I'm good. I'm chilling. It's not worth losing your life over someone who fucking stops paying attention for five seconds. Just Seriously. like, oh, I got a text. Oh, there goes Jake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel that bump? Boop, <laughs> <laughs> boop. No, motherfucker. Must be that damn road work again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Jake's just sprawled out. <laughs> Legs don't work. What are you going to do? Oh. All right. Welcome to the Renau show. We got Drew. We got Jake. We got Ace here today. Hello. Uh, we're probably going to get pretty deep, I think. I'm we down. Our last pod was all about shit stories, but this one's probably going to be a little bit more serious. <laughs> that was a good one, man. Good warm-up. It was a good warm-up, yeah. Um, First topic I want to hit on is, uh, well, first of all, Jake, do you think you're humble? Is that the first topic? That's the first topic. <laughs> first okay. <second. laughs> um, humble in which way? Just like in general? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right, I'm trying. Answer. It's a day day to day process. Sure. Quick question: When somebody talks to you, do you think of responding to them before 
Or do you listen? I get. I got to be better actively listening. Yeah. But I try my best. That's like one of the things about being humble that I've always learned is people that are humble tend to, and I'm not saying you are or aren't, but people that are humble tend to want to continue to learn, right? Mm-hmm. Like with training, I'm assuming you're a pretty, you train a lot, so I'm assuming you're a pretty humble person when it comes to training. You're going to listen to what somebody has to say, especially if they're like an authority figure in whatever they do. Oh, I'll give you an example. Today, I was training. It was a um, it's a, it's a 1.3 mile loop on the bike ride, and I was going. I was probably at like mile like 20, so like halfway. And this other dude on a bike who looked like he, you know, he was on like a, a speed bike, you know, wearing all the gear and stuff. He looked like he knew what he was doing. I was following him. And I ended up passing him, but he came up behind me, and he was like, hey, he's like, your left leg is going out. He's like, you want to bring that left leg in so you're aerodynamic and you're actually using all of your muscle. Yeah. Instead of saying, okay, dude, and then just leaving, like, I asked him questions. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was, I was curious, and I was like, you know what? It's probably because my hip flexure is tight. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll keep that in line. And guess what? When yeah. I did and I was aware of it, I biked a lot better. Sure. So, I mean, in that regard... Yeah, I would say I'm humble. Like, I'm not going to be, um, uh, like, if, if someone is going to tell me that I'm doing something wrong, I'm not going to say, oh, fuck you. Like, no, I'm not. You know? Like, I'm sure. just going to, I'm going to listen. I'm going to be open-minded. Definitely. Now, the reason I bring it up is because, uh, I mean, we're all physically fit, you know, decent looking. Um, we can, you know, do things that most people can't. So, it's, in some cases, it's probably hard for us to be humble. You know, oh. when we're running 50 mile races or about to do an Ironman or going on American Ninja Warrior. Sometimes, you know, our ego might get the best of us. That's the reason I bring it up. A hundred percent. Well, cause we didn't, we didn't start out like this. No. At all. Yeah. Like I just did a two mile swim yesterday, but if I ran two miles two years ago, I would have been absolutely dead. Like, yeah. like I, I was like the hardest thing for me. So mm. just like, Going from something like where I wasn't able to do this and then going to something where, you know, the progression yeah. is a lot different. So it's hard to handle sometimes, like in your own mind. Yeah, the ego, it's hard to handle exactly. for sure. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you are, you know, going through the same things too. I mean, what? just like not many people are signed up for 100-mile races. and um, Bro, I'll be straight with you. Like when it comes to training and just talking about it and all that stuff anymore like honestly i don't even enjoy it like outside of like the small circle of like people here but like i just like i really don't like talking about it anymore because i feel like i just get asked the same shit every single time and i'm like like it's nothing against them but i just i don't even enjoy talking about it anymore like i would rather just shut up and just do my work in silence Mm. and that's it yeah i can understand that you know what i mean yeah and that's that's where I feel like I personally perform best. So I don't have to tell everyone every day, "Oh, I trained today. Like, give me a cookie." Like, I don't I don't give a fuck, dude. I just I just want to do my thing and just kind of be left alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, it's a great point. I was at um, the cornhole tournament that they have at the Hickses. Sure. Everyone there, I mean, they all know that like social medias and stuff. They were all asking me like all about the Ironman shit. I did not want to talk about it because it's just over and over and over again. I'm like. Yeah saying the same things and it's just like and this one dude when your response was great where we asked you in, in a video of why you're like what what are you doing this for and you said there's just unlimited answers it's a lot 
I can't name them all. Like I can give you some. Yeah. But there's just it's it's for life, really. Mm-hmm. And this one dude asked me there, and I literally said the same thing. I'm like, there's so many answers I can give you. Like I, it's, I don't know. It's like oh, there's so many. Yeah, I mean, because it's a lot deeper than just well, I'm doing it for this person. I'm doing it because you know I didn't <coughs> run before and now I ran. It's mm-hmm. like I'm done with it. Self accomplishment. Like, a lot of people de- say that. It's more. It's a lot deeper than like than what's on the surface, you know. Like initially last year, like yeah, last year was a big thing for me for the fifty with like my grandmother and everything, and I I like I took a lot of pride in that. But it's like, you know, I did that. That came that part of my life came and went, and now it's kind of just like, just training for life, dude. You know, I I enjoy it, and it'll make hard situations down the road that much easier. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll have, I'll be callous to it. I'll I'll be prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like. If I just stay ready, I'll never have to get ready. So it's kind of just finding a different level of like, almost kind of just like find like keep. I need to keep elevating like my maintenance, so to speak. You know, because like what what was really hard at one time is like now your standard. It's now my standard, and it's just gonna. I'm just gonna keep upping that as time goes on. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had yeah. said something um, when we ran few weeks ago and it w- is what you just said now and i'm gonna butcher the way you say it but you said um you stay ready so that way you don't have to get ready right if the situation calls for it and yeah that's essentially like so many people ask me at the age of 40 why do i do the stuff that i do especially guys that i grew up with um you know most of them have dad bods and and all of that and and they're looking towards almost like retirement age actually and right. for me it's it's always stay hungry and always get better continual preparation and that's why I push myself physically and mentally through all the things I do and I, I just I never heard it said that way before stay ready that way you don't have to prepare to yeah prepare you know because yeah. you're already prepared yeah and it's I learned that one time I at the age of, God, 38, 39, I finally got over my fear of guns. Because I grew up in California where guns were evil. Right. Guns kill people and um, and all of that upbringing. And so I had a firearm, but I never used it. I wasn't very comfortable around it. And so I did a weekend training where we shot, in 24 hours, we shot 1,000 rounds. And if anybody shoots 1,000 rounds while being trained in 24 hours, you're going to you're going to learn how to handle a gun pretty easily. And that fear is we just push through it. And there was a story that was told during that trip about a guy who had a wife and two daughters and somebody came in and essentially tied up his wife and his daughters. And he came home from work and he got tied up and thrown in the basement with all of them. Well, long story short, the people that, were there, raped, and eventually killed his wife, raped the children, and set the house on fire. He got knocked out during the whole process. He was able to, like, you know, get himself out there and crawl through a window and all that. He survived. Well, his wife and his two children, after being raped over and over again, burnt to death in the house. And so he went around the country. This was like, I think back in the 90s or something, went around the country as the victim. Like, woe is me. Like, I lost my wife. I lost my children to these, like, psychopaths. And 
you got sympathy from the country going on Oprah and all this shit. And we were talking about this during that gun training, and it was just like, no, the guy, the guy is a fucking piece of shit. Like, when I get remarried and have kids, I'm going to do everything I can to protect them. What should have happened is he should have gone home, realized there was something wrong happening, and took action. Even, even, if, even if he got tied up or something like that, he should have been able to at least figure something out instead of just escaping. And so after that and the training from learning how to use a firearm... Why do I do this training? I do this training for the 0.0001% chance that something might happen. Mm. I might be called to action at some point. They say when the student is ready, the teacher will appear, right? Yep. If you're ready, if you're keeping yourself physically fit, if you're keeping yourself mentally sharp, if you're keeping yourself dangerous in a good way as a man, well, God has a way of presenting those situations because he's not going to give you something you can't handle. And I'd rather be the person that takes action, even if I end up getting shot and killed. At least I was not a sheep. You know? There's a, uh, a really good quote where, I might butcher it, but it's basically, I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Mm, yeah. No, I agree with that. Like, I think us as men, we need to keep ourselves physically fit, physically, mentally sharp, and be able to handle a firearm or a knife yep. or anything. Because, like, honestly, when I think of the future family I'm going to have, it, I would I, I would probably kill myself if I was in that situation and I escaped. Oh, my God. Knowing yeah, there yeah. was something I could have done. Absolutely. But I didn't prepare for it. But meanwhile, this guy goes around the country getting sympathy. Sympathy. Uh, and he left the house when his children were still in there. Yeah, the girls were tied up on a bed. Yeah. And then they lit and the house on fire. And he decided to leave and escape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Freaking nuts. Remarried, has <coughs> new kids, a new family. What the fuck? Yeah. It's crazy, right? Yeah. I'm not making this shit up. I know that's such an anomaly, such mm. a small percentage, but <coughs> that can happen. Our society is creating weak men. That's a coward. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, we just saw the the sound of freedom yesterday. Last oh, night. did you? Yeah. I want to talk about that too. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. That's a tough that's a tough one. Man. And uh at the end of the movie, I don't know, have you seen it yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, at the end of the movie they said uh they made it 5 years ago and they had to go a bunch get around a bunch of legal, you know, things just to get it out. I don't know why. D- Disney owned the rights. They actually had to buy it from Disney cuz Disney just shelved it. They went to Netflix. Netflix turned them down. They went to everybody, so they just funded it themselves. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that made my blood boil. Yeah. The you whole know? time, I was yeah. just whole angry. Time, dude. angry. Yeah, but like, what I was thinking, I'm like, this is just a movie, but the problem is, I mean, it was based on a true story, which I didn't know watching it while I was watching it. I didn't know it was true. Yeah. But the fact, like, I, I was so angry because I knew, like, this is, like, way worse than what people think in real life. Yep. This is happening right now everywhere too in the u.s every in it's, the, it's the worst places the united states yep. yeah and people are like ignorant to it mm-hmm. when i went to a training in texas um for an organization that i work for a nonprofit operation rescue children where we i don't but the organization trains special forces police officers things like that 
to become more capable to take down sex trafficking and things like that. A lot of these guys work on the Texas border and stuff like that. And while we were there for that event, one of the guys who was supposed to come and talk had to cancel last minute because he got called on assignment that day because the FedEx man stole a little girl somewhere in Texas within a couple hours of where we were. And it was the FedEx guy that just kept, you know, delivering mail day in and day out. And he just snatched this little girl in a suburban neighborhood. I think she was like nine years old. Mm -hmm. They found her a couple days later and she was obviously raped and killed. But yeah, it happens all over. It, it's not just, yeah, kids from like in the movie, foreign countries yeah. getting shipped in here, which happens all the freaking yep. time. They were freaking shipped in shipping containers. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And that's very real too. Yeah. Like that like that's not Hollywood. That's how they do shit. Yeah. You know? Uh it's very inhumane. And it's it's a problem that unfortunately keeps growing as well. Because like we saw at the end, it's a very profitable business mm -hmm. for people that are in it. And Yeah, because you can uh you can sell cocaine one time and then it gets used up and you can sell a child you know, unlimited amount of times. Yeah, which is super fucked up. It's a what 150 billion dollar. That's what it said. A yeah. year industry, yeah. 150 billion. Yeah, yeah. How they know that, I have no idea, but that's crazy. But um, tell you but like that movie is a wake up call to all the parents. Yeah, because like I was, we were talking about before the podcast when I when I go biking, on these roads, all these like there's parents like like adults with kids, mm -hmm. and they're just letting their kids run around everywhere without any situational awareness whatsoever. Yeah, and this happens in public as well. When parents are out in public, mm -hmm. they're just letting their kids roam around, letting them do whatever. They're not really paying attention, and guess what? They get snatched up. Yeah, and that's another reason why, as a person, but especially as a man, you need to be physically capable. Yeah, I was just gonna say that, dude. You ever, yeah. you ever. I don't know about you. If I ever catch a motherfucker trying to take a kid, that's the end of his life, right there. That, yep. Someone's got. And it's pay. not even just him. Someone's got. There pay. are women that do this too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Insane. Yeah. Someone's got to pay, man. But yeah, that was a very it, powerful. It's very a very good movie. Yeah. Very good movie. Yeah. Very very yeah. eye opening. Sound of Freedom. Definitely go check it out. But yeah, I mean, as a man, you got to be the best you can possibly be, because anything can happen. You know what I mean? So think about that when you're working out, you know, this could be way bigger than you. You could save someone's life because you're capable. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Especially in uh, in areas like where we live. Like we like, like we joke about it, like, oh, we're from Bangor. Like what happens in Bangor, right? <laughs> but who knows what the fuck's happening in Bangor, though? <laughs> what do you do? You know? There was the biggest, what was it, a meth bust in the country in Bangor. Remember that on 191, that meth house? Yeah. A meth, a oh whole, yeah, had a whole yep. meth lab in the side of a mountain. It's chilling. Yeah, <laughs> the largest in the country. In Bangor, never would have known. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, I do remember that now. That's crazy. But it's, man, there's all these people today. Like what society is creating, it's just all these weak people, all these weak men, and creating just hard times. I love that quote. You know, strong men create good times, but then weak men create bad times. Yeah, yeah. it's, the, hard en it's times. the endless cycle. Yeah, weak men create hard times. Hard times create good men. Good men create good times. Good times create weak men. And it just keeps happening. Yeah, and well, it's our job to yeah. spread this. 
it's our job to make sure that other people are doing this, other men yeah. are doing this, but it's it's really uh it's really frustrating when For you sure. when you see other people not not caring. No, definitely. It's complicated times we're in, dude. And it, <laughs> it keeps getting more complicated cuz like we can sit here and talk about this and people will look at us like we are absolutely insane. Like you want to you want to be physically fit, you want to take care of your family, like it's such it's so out of the norm where it used to just be the standard. Like you're a man, you take care of yourself, you take care of your family. That's what you did. And now it's like, like bro, I can't tell you how many times I get made fun of just because I work out and I eat good. Like, well, don't you ever enjoy yourself? I'm like, dude, I enjoy eating ground beef and rice. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah. yeah. No, I definitely hear what you're saying. But there's yeah. a, <clears throat> there's definitely an uprise in, you know, people working out, people actually being fit, people working on their self-development. There's definitely an uprise in it. I see it. I mean, we're sitting at this table. There's a lot more of us, but it is our job and other people's job, you know, to make that actually happen, to bring awareness to the situation. Yeah, I mean, it's the only way you're going to break the cycle, you know. So I'm curious about your answer, Ace, where you were saying, like, about that story with uh, the husband leaving their kids and the wife behind when they got killed. And he's, you were you were saying how, you know, you got to be prepared, prepared for everything, even if it's that zero point zero 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 one percent of that happening. Right. If someone were to ask you, like, well... What about that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the other of uh, part of your life? Like, how are you going to enjoy it if you're only focused on that point zero 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 one percent? What would you say? Yeah. Well, Jocko Wilnick talks about this, and he says when you stay disciplined, you actually have more freedom. And it it sounds so counterintuitive, but when I read that for the first time, I was just like, man, that's so true because. In my life, when I'm more disciplined, when I'm getting up at 4.30, 5.30 in the morning, and I'm hitting the gym hard, I'm doing my freaking cold showers, I'm reading my Bible, I'm journaling every morning, when I'm staying really regimented in what I do, everything else kind of opens itself up. Like, the healthier I am right now with working out and eating well, the better my health is going to be. I'm not going to have to rely on medication or doctors, or anything else that, that happens to people. Like, I'm able to run. Like, like right now, at the age of 40, I'm more physically fit than I was when I was in my 20s. Like, all I did in my 20s was drink, chase tail, and go to my W-2 job. And I was absolutely miserable. I didn't realize it at that time, but I hated my life. I hated who I was becoming. I hated who I looked like in the mirror and looking back at photos, you know, I don't shame that person. I feel sorry for that guy because he just didn't get it. Like he was trying, 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 but he didn't know what the key to life was. And the key is to stay disciplined, to be regimented in what you do day in and day out. And the thing is, like, it doesn't really take away from my life. I just get up before everybody else does and get that shit out of the way. Mm. You know? Yeah. I have a lot more clarity. I sleep better. I feel a lot better. I'm able to do so many more things than most people do because they don't have the energy levels that I have. Yeah. You also have physical freedom, too. Like, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. You want to climb mountains. You want to go run a marathon. You can do all that stuff. Yeah. Which mm. is liberating, you know? That's what really makes me yeah. fucking really mad when yeah. someone who's 50, 60, who were like, oh, I wish, it's, I wish I could be young again and be able to do all the things you're doing. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I saw a 75-year-old cross the finish line of an Ironman sprinting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Don't tell me that you wish you could be younger again because that motherfucker did it. He's 75. That's ridiculous. And I bet when they were our age, they they weren't doing it anyway. No. <laughs> so exactly. What's the matter? Yeah. You know. But yeah, I love what you know. Um, discipline equals freedom. That that's just that's a motto I live by. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good one. Jocko's the fucking man. Yeah. If y'all don't know who Jocko is, please check him out. Good. Extreme Ownership. That yeah. book, amazing. For sure. Ace has a book too. It's called Superhero by Design. It's kind of. It's kind of about what we're talking about, about discipline. It's about the nervous system, how to wire your nervous system so you can, you know, operate the most efficiently. So, uh, do you have my copy? I do. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's right over there. There we go. Right over there. Hell yeah. So, yeah, no, that that's kind of when I was in the search because at the beginning of the book, it talks about where I was in my personal life and everything was going to shit yeah. pretty quickly, but you don't realize it. You just see, you know, Okay, my life isn't that bad, but everything's kind of lukewarm. My relationship with my wife at the time wasn't great. You know, my relationship with my friends weren't that great. My businesses were kind of all over the place, not very consistent. Um, I was overweight. I was just, I was going to the gym, but I wasn't happy with the results. Like, I was just pissed. I was like, man, I'm working my ass off every day. I'm providing for my family. Yet my marriage isn't doing well. I don't physically look like I'm doing anything well, you know, and my diet was all over the place, right? You'd, it's like, fuck, how many salads do I have to eat? But then I don't think about how much ice cream or candy I'm eating at the same fucking time, yeah. right? And so what I realized through that whole thing, because I was never taught any of this, and I would play the victim, right? Oh, well, it's this person's fault or that make excuses. Oh, it's, I work too much. That's why I don't have time to work out and all this and that. Mm -hmm. And thankfully she came up to me and was like, dude, if you don't get your shit together, like we're done. And I, that was the wake up call I needed. Cause also by do, by not being in control <coughs> of all those things, I was a fucking pussy in my life. Like I couldn't, I had no backbone. I had no spine. I couldn't stand up for myself to my clients to business partners, to my wife. Like, I was like just getting tossed around by life because I was allowing it to happen. Mm. And that's the biggest change that happened since then as I finally said enough is enough. And if you start doing things every day for yourself, working out, eating well, sleep. meditating. Yes. Sleep. Consistent sleep. Yeah, not just fucking going to bed, watching Netflix go on till like midnight or past, you know? Like being disciplined. Yeah. It's, it's a game changer for anything i'm not saying you have to be completely militant throughout your life and be like this emotionless robot no but you need to start putting things just certain because whether we realize it or not we all have habits most of the habits we do every day 70 plus percent are unconscious habits so you're doing it already you might as well put the hard work in on the front end and why are these unconscious habits like if i miss the gym now like I'm frustrated. Yeah. My whole day is off. And yeah, every time I go to the gym, I'm not like the most excited, like, yeah, I'm going to really like kill myself today. Like this is <laughs> It awesome. is never like that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a lifestyle now and it's worse if I don't go. Yeah. Because also at the same time, when you do push yourself like that, you know, uh, shoot, I think I got a PR on a deadlift the other day. Yeah, you did. Um, and I was just like, holy shit, I didn't know I could 
lift that much. I'm not gonna lie, the Sweet. first time the first time you did it and like you tried to lift it, I'm like, ah, he's probably not gonna get it. And then you went up and you actually did it. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Um that was very that was dope, bro. I was happy to see that. But yeah, no, that's really what that book is about is just the the key to taking control of your life and having a life worth living is just daily discipline. That no matter what you do. Yep. If you want to do anything great in your life. If you want to be the master of your life, you have to be disciplined. For sure. Um, the thing is, people talk about it, and they talk about it. Just like Drew, I know you had a piece of content that I, I just I just saw. Yeah. Um, it was I think it was about a year ago exactly. But people just keep talking about it, and they just never do it. Mm. And I they actually want to do it, but they just can't get out of their own way, and they get stuck in the matrix. They get stuck in Netflix. They get stuck in drugs and alcohol and weed and eating the shit food like and they just can't get out and they want to get out like what advice do you have to tell those people well for me like i said it took my ex-wife coming up to me saying she was going to leave me for me to get my shit together right it probably wouldn't have happened i would have just continued that cycle over and over and over again so something has to break that Mm. and usually people call it rock bottom right usually it's till shit gets so fucking bad yeah that they're forced to make a change I would say for people that aren't in that situation but want to make a change, just little, you can do little things, right? If you want to get fit, well, just go walk around the block. Mm-hmm. Like anybody can walk around the well, Okay. Most people can walk around the block. It's not yeah. that difficult. Just start. Start that momentum. Do just something little. If you want to read more, just read a page. Everybody can. I know everybody can read a page a day. Except for Helen Keller. True. <laughs> <laughs> the point zero 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 one percent. But yeah, I, I would just say just just do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Or at the same time, change your environment. We all rise yeah. or fall to the expectations of our peers. Yeah. Like when you served, like they talk about this all the time. People that are in the military and like the people that really are badasses. So Marines, SEALs, people like that. When they're in that environment, man, they are just kicking ass, taking names, and then they, you know, they do their service, they go home, and then they lower their standards. Why? Because they're not around that peer group anymore. Yeah. You know, and they, on top of it, they're probably going back to usually the small town that they're from, where everyone they grew up with, for the most part, isn't doing anything with their lives. They all have kids and families, and they're working whatever job until until they're done, and so they fall to the expectation of their peers. So find a new peer group. Yeah. And sometimes that's tough too to find a new peer group. But I mean, the advice would probably go to the gym, go to, you know, events, go to, you know, networking events, maybe go to something like a Tony Robbins seminar. Cause then you'll, you'll meet those, those people that are purpose driven. Um, but yeah, I mean, question for everyone at home that's listening, like who are those five people? Like write them down. Yeah. You're going to be the average of those five people that you, you you just wrote down period. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's your future too yeah that's your future and uh, i think you know obviously you know we, we're we're really big on the reason why you know why do you want to do that so you know what is the reason why and uh just like the mission mindset adventure event you know start with the end in mind you know after you're sitting on your deathbed what do you want, want your life to have meant yeah what are the, what did you experience who were you what man did you become or woman did you become in that life i call it the uh the rocking chair analogy I see myself on, on a porch 
like on land. Yeah. And I see, like I'm there as an old man, just rocking right. in my rocking chair. And what do I see? You know, I see my wife next to me. Mm-hmm. I see my kids and their kids running around the field. And I'm just like sitting there just like, this is my kingdom. Right. This is what I created. Mm. So when I make decisions in my life now, I'm like, okay, does it get me closer to that or does it take me farther away? Right. Something like pot, alcohol, things like that, that actually takes me away from that dream. Mm. You know, I, I was I was a pretty heavy drinker for 20 plus years. Yeah. Like I look back, there was never a story that I was like, oh man, drinking last night made my life so much better. Like, okay, there's <laughs> fun stories, don't get me wrong. Yeah going up to girls that I would never talk to, things like that, just being ridiculous. But there was never a time that like alcohol actually made my life better and got me closer to my goals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at your life and the decisions you make, it's as easy as just saying, does this decision take me down the path I want to go down or does it take me down a different path? Yeah. Kind of going back to exactly discipline equals freedom. Basically, like when you live your life, is it long-term pain for long-term gain? If you understand what that means. Basically, if you're going to be, you have to put in the pain to actually live with how you want to live. And I think people are searching for that instant gratification all the time, that instant dopamine. Well, yeah, hit. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would rather live like a life where, like, yeah, it sucks for now, but in the long run, it's ultimately going to get me to that rocking chair looking at my, my whole family, everything that I created. Yeah. Whereas if I'm just, like you said, alcohol, weed, whatever it is, that instant gratification, like, yeah, it's fun for the short term, but guess what? Not for the long term. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like to follow the motto, um, hard work, easy life, easy work, hard life. So if you're doing the hard work, and as Anthony Truck says, what does he call the dark work? You know, what are you doing be- before people wake up? Mm-hmm. What are you doing after they go to sleep? Yeah. Like that's the work that nobody sees. Talk to anybody who's done anything worthwhile in their life, whether they're rich or famous, an actor, or great at sports or, or what have you. Yeah. It's that dark work that they put in that nobody sees. Mm-hmm. People think they're you know, what What do they call it? Like overnight successes. There's no such thing as an overnight success. They don't see yeah. the years of dedication, of hard work that those people put in. Yep. And so, but, you know, that's how I choose to live my life now. And it's easy for me to compare it to at the age of 40 because I look at all my friends that are 40 and shit, they look 15, 20 years older than me. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It happens fast. For sure. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of I kind of love the pain. Like, yeah. We enjoy what we do at the end of the day. It's not it's not like you're just going to war every single day and you hate every second of it. You you like it, right? You mm-hmm. like swimming. It's I mean, it's a brutal battle. <laughs> well, I told you I didn't but, like it at first. I yeah, hated it. I yeah. was like, "Oh, I'm dreading this day. Like I don't want to <clears> do this." Yeah. But guess what? Over 7-8 months yeah. of doing it, I hated it. Guess right. what? I love it now. Yeah, now it's down to your now favorite. Now it's just now it's, yeah. Exactly. I actually love swimming yeah. now. So like after you after you go and and you and you suffer for a while, you kind of learn to love it. Mm-hmm. You love the pain. Like yeah. we're addicted to pain. Mm-hmm. You also get. You mean you get better at what you do 
over time. Absolutely. And as you get better, you definitely have that gratification of, yep. oh, okay, I can do this it now. Pays I'm off. good. Yep. Well, think of it this way. When I learned, when I taught myself how to snowboard when I was a kid, I hated snowboarding. But it was what all my friends did. And so I would go every season and I'd get a little bit better, a little bit better. But I hated it. Yeah. Like I did not find snowboarding fun, but I wanted to be doing what my friends did. Well, I love snowboarding now. So it wasn't even something that I mm-hmm. that was painful. Right. Well, I guess it kind of was painful, but you know, you get what I'm saying. It's yeah. something that's supposed to be fun. Yeah. And the whole learning part of it was <clears throat> fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. But now I love it and I'll shit I'll snowboard until till I can anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think with things that are hard and hurt, you kind of have to change your perspective on it. Because so many people, like when I first started taking cold showers, in my mind, I was like, now I'm losing the ability to take a nice warm shower and get all the relaxation that you get from a nice hot warm shower, you know, the muscle relaxing, calming my body down, all of that. And I was like, I'm thinking, I'm like, well, why am I focused on what I'm losing? Why don't I focus on what I'm actually gaining? Yeah. We tend to focus on what we lose, you know, eating well. Now you lose the ability to eat hamburgers and ice cream and all that shit. All that sugar, right? I still don't. (laughs) Just being 80% consistent. Yeah. It's all it takes. You can still enjoy those things. No, that's true. You know? But but instead of thinking of what you're losing, think of what you're gaining. Mm -hmm. No, I get the point. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Like, I, I think people too much focus on what's lost by giving something up rather than what they're actually going to gain. Right. Yeah. And like you said, you don't have to be a freaking robot and do everything exactly how it is and how it should be at 100% of the time. You just have to be 80 to 90% consistent. Yeah. That's all it is. Like you don't have to do a cold shower every day for the rest of your life. You don't have to. You can still take hot showers at night. That calms your body down. Exactly. That gets you ready for sleep. Exactly. So do the cold in the morning, <laughs> get that dopamine and that adrenaline going then at the end of the night, take the nice hot bath with the. Mm-hmm. That's the only way it's going to be sustainable. People yeah. are always jumping in to doing something, yeah. doing the most. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot of yeah, a lot of people you know they listen to this and they want to go all in. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, and then and they last a week, not even yeah. well, a day. Yeah, you know? they Chicken. go they go for one run, they tire themselves out, and then they're done the next day. They never want to do it again. Well, yeah, it's or such they a bad experience. They make a, a full week of chicken breast and broccoli. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's which, an, which I love both of those things. By the way, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm a huge chicken. Because I mean, we do these things so we can have better experiences, so we can you know reach the top of the mountain and you know get that accomplishment. That's why we do these things, so yeah. we can experience more and get more fulfillment out of life. Mm-hmm. That's why we do it. Yeah, it's like I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not eating steak and eggs, and that's it every day. Yeah, that's not how, or you know, like fruit, that'd be pretty rice. awesome. Though. It sounds pretty I, I, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's good. You enjoy it. You start to learn how to enjoy it. But I'm not doing that every day. It's not sustainable. Yeah, for anyone, it really isn't sustainable. You need to learn how to enjoy the little things as well. But for just sure. being consistent—that's yeah. what people can't do. Mm-hmm. I'm reading this book. It's called The One Thing, and it's really it's about prioritizing that one thing in that moment of time, yeah. and only accomplishing that one little thing. Mm. And it creates a domino effect. So if you look at a little piece of domino, then you put another piece, double the size in front of it. Double the size, double the size, double the size. You keep going. You just do that one little thing. Guess what? That domino is going to fall over. And it's going to hit the other one. And guess what? The other one's going to fall over. Yeah. It's going to fall over, fall over. 
if you look at a two by four and you put a two by four, I think it's about like six inches or whatever, and you do that 27 times. So there's 27 other ones, but you keep doubling it. Mm-hmm. If you hit that and it keeps going to 27 times, it's the equivalent to reaching Mount Everest yeah. in height just from a small two by four. Mm-hmm. But people are trying to climb Mount Everest right away, mm-hmm. doing yeah, that yeah. whole thing all yeah. at once. For some reason, they this is, they they think that they deserve mm-hmm. to get to the top without doing all the work. It, all it takes is just that one yeah. thing, one step at a time. Sure. It's patient. You got to be patient. Yeah. Never heard that before. That was good. It's a really good book. Yeah, that's a yeah, good one. I love it. It's a great book. Yeah, it's about focus, momentum, mm-hmm. the domino effect, the ripple effect. Yeah. Well, it's also like if you think about to-do lists, if you make a to-do list for the day and say you have 10 things on there. Sure. I guarantee you out of those 10 things, nine of them you don't have to do. Mm-hmm. They're a could do, Yeah. but they're not a should do. So instead of making a to-do list, you make a success list. Mm-hmm. With that success list, you narrow things down. There's an 80 to 20% rule. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of this before. That's Basically, twenty yeah. exactly, yeah. 20% of the effort that you make will create 80% of the actual results, the good res- the success that you want. Yeah. So you don't have to do all those little, th- like everything all at once, like doing the things you could do. Just focus and prioritize on what was really the most important. And that's how you can, you know, be successful with anything. Mm-hmm. I agree, man. You build that momentum, too. Uh, when everything gets silent, everyone always looks at me. They're like, all right, Zach, what's the next topic? <laughs> well, you, you always ask the next thing. I know. All right, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think uh, one of the things that I really struggled with that I've now it's like one of my strengths, especially when. Just starting living the life the way I live it now is patience. Because, I mean, especially, you know, in today's society, it's so easy to get everything now, 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 right when you want it. Literally in terms of everything. Mm-hmm. Your freaking food, house, car, whatever. Entertainment. Netflix. You, you name it. But, like, like, not, like good examples, like, I'm not shitting on Zach here, but it just always cracks me up. Like, well, if we're going on a run, just like just an easy run. He's like, all right, what pace are we hitting? I'm like, bro, it's not about pace. I'm like, just run easy, bro. I told him we talked about that. Yeah. We talked about it, too. I'm like, I'm like, don't worry about it. But, like, when I, like, this time last year, I would always think that. I'm like, easy run. I got to I gotta hit this pace for my easy run. And I'm like, dude, it, it's almost counterproductive because then I, I, I want to keep running harder and my body just gets more fatigued. I'm not actually making any progress. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh. Patience too, man. It, I I understand how it's so easy to want everything now. If believe me, if I could make fucking a million dollars rain from the ceiling right now, I'd do it. <laughs> I get it, but you you also have to be just a little realistic. Like, listen, it's not nothing happens overnight, right? Yeah. There are no overnight successes. But if you're patient, you put in the time, put in the you know the effort, put in the work. Just trust, you know, trust everything will work out how it should be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's funny when people ask me, like, how how was training today? It was good. Yeah. What did you run? Fifteen miles? No. No. Like, that's not how. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. I don't <laughs> run fifteen <laughs> miles every fucking day. Yeah. They're like, well, why not, Jake. They're like, what? I said, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, that's not sustainable, sir. Pussy. Yeah, a little bit of a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. But yeah, it's just those small steps, being patient. Like I, w- I was talking with Ace when we when we go for a run, when we went for our run. Um, I like I said, I don't even care about time. But just like you said, don't even care about pace. Never look at it. I just look for me. It's my heart rate. I want to keep at a certain point where I'm going to be sustainable at zone two mm-hmm. and just sit there. Yeah. And you can go all day. That's how you build your real endurance. That's how you build the real base, the foundation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's with anything. It's not just running. That's with anything. Mm. Yeah. That is a good point. Wow. If you go out too fast, you're just going to burn <coughs> out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If you're exactly. just here, you can go a lot farther, you know? Mm-hmm. So remember that. Yeah, part. what are some other examples for that? That's f- just like working, right? I'm thinking like like for me, like video editing. Like if I try to go all out, you know, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. But if I just went like 60, 75%, I could last a lot longer, probably get more done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For sure. And it's not just that. Actually, the book I was talking about, the one thing, it goes over multitasking. Yeah. A lot of people think that we multitask as humans. It's not how our brain is work. That's not how we work. It's not how we function. We right. can't we can't go focus on two tasks at one time. It's yeah, not how it works. Unless if it one's like super subconscious, like say running and listening to a podcast, you can do those too. You no. know what I mean? Yeah, but not not to the fullest extent. Right. To what you can do with just focusing on that one thing first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're multitasking on two things, <coughs> say you're um say you're listening to a podcast, but you're also on driving. Your, on your phone. Even driving, exactly. That's actually a great example. Yeah. Like when you look at texting and driving. But you can't multitask. You, mm. That's why most people will crash when they text. It's a lot of why a lot of car accidents happen. Yeah. But and the thing is, is it's not even about if you multitask. People think that you can get more done. It's not true. You will not get more things. You will get less done, and you will be less consistent with it, and less uh, results will come from it. So what you, really what works is arguable. Uh, no. Mm-mm. In some things, it's arguable. Absolutely not, because I also so. When you have two things and you're focusing on those two things, mm-hmm. you don't focus on both at the same time. You go from one task, then you focus on the other task, then you go on the other task and the other task. You mm-hmm. go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. But you can be just focusing on one task for way less time with better results. Right. And then you take a little break, then you can go to the next task and do that for a shorter amount of time and you get into a flow state. I don't know, we talked about you know when you get into a flow state. Mm-hmm. You cannot be in a flow state when you're multitasking. You're thinking about multiple things. Yeah, yeah. That's just not how it works. No, I see the point. I'll, I'll give another example. When I'm having sex and I want to last a lot longer, yeah, I start thinking of other things. That's a great example, <laughs> that, though. That that aren't sex. Yeah, related. think about your grandma. I get. I bet she won't come. Or I hope <laughs> you don't come. <laughs> I really hope you don't come. <laughs> cut, cut. <laughs> but it's Holy a great example shit. though because you can't multitask a lot of people think we can even computers computers don't work at multitasking they're just really good at going from one thing to the next one thing to the next yeah i mean i i mean my argument is i could drive from here to florida and listen to 12 podcasts and learn a lot and drive at the same time you can but guess what are you gonna learn the uh, everything that you could Compared to if you were just sitting there actually just listening and not I'd driving. Probably, I wouldn't listen to this podcast, though, you know, if I wasn't driving that long. No, no, no. Like, if you're driving and listening to podcasts. Yeah. Compared, and you're trying to listen and understand and really, like, comprehend everything. Do you think you would learn more if you were just sitting on the couch and actually paying attention 100% to those podcasts? You want my honest answer? 
Nah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, no. Obviously, straight. What do you think, Drew? Um, I don't really know, dude. I, I, I feel like my opinion wouldn't really be valid because I, I don't, I truthfully don't do a lot of stuff that would be considered multitasking. Mm-hmm. Like, when I train and stuff now, like, I've completely cut out music over the last six months. Like, I just focus on what, on whatever the task is at hand. Sure. Um, so I, I really don't, I guess, I guess the, the best example I could give is, like, if I'm, like, at work and I'm in the car and I'm going somewhere and, like, a call comes out, but even then, like, it's not, I can still watch the road and drive while I key up on a radio, like, yeah. not, it's not that hard, but that's also very, that's a very simple little scenario there, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, and get the probability of you crashing your car compared to when you're not doing that is elevated. It's increased, meaning you're distracted. And that's why people who text and drive are more likely to cause a car accident. Yeah, but it's also not the same. Because, like, if, if I'm keen up on the radio, I'm not looking at something else until it is, I'm off the road. It is the same, except it's a lower risk. However, you're still distracted. Uh, I guess, but I don't. I'm a really good driver. I don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to another sex example if that's all right. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I I had this fantasy. This was years ago. I had this fantasy of of getting roadhead. I'm yeah, sure yeah, buddy. most guys. I almost that. crashed my car because of that. Exactly. Going down a one it's way. Happened, it's happened. <laughs> it's happened to be once, and I thought it would be amazing. And don't get me wrong. It it was. It felt really good. Yeah. But at the same time, I was just like, oh my god. You got to stop because we're going to crash and this is not safe right now. <laughs> and yeah, it was. Um... <laughs> but guess what? You're not even giving. You're receiving. So it. you're yeah. not even doing the yeah. hardest part. This is it, buddy. You're not even doing the hardest part. You're only receiving yeah. and driving. But guess yeah. what? It's still almost crash. Yeah. It's that distracting. Well, she was driving as well. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> I, was, I was driving. I was driving. But no, I. I'd have to, I'd have to agree with Jake over here on this one. Mm. It's, there's certain levels to it. Yeah, I I agree. Like if you're just focused on one thing, you put 100 percent of your focus on that, you're gonna grow way higher Ex- and and right? less and less. If time. you're dividing your focus, you know you you have 100 percent or maybe 70 percent of the focus on driving and 30 percent on listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're more likely to get in a crash. Sure. Yeah, but it's less time to t- but, it's, it takes less time to be proficient in it. In one that in that one thing. So there's um there's something called acetylcholine which uh it's a neurotransmitter which essentially uh helps you it's it's your focus neurotransmitter. Yeah. And I'm taking this from Andrew Hu- Huberman. Love him. He said that like you're when you focus on something, it's like a spotlight. You put your spotlight on something. And Huberman said you can multitask because with your brain you actually have two spotlights. Mm. So you can focus on two things simultaneously, just like you can have a conversation while you eat. Yeah. However, something like eating doesn't take a whole hell of a lot of thought unless it's something that you're not used to eating. Mm-hmm. Or else you'd probably choke on it. So you can multitask two things. However, I also agree with Jake. You're not gonna get a hundred. It's not yeah, like focusing. On so what yeah. he's talking about is also with the autonomic nervous system, meaning it's completely like on its own, like breathing. If you were talking, like right now we're talking, did you really focus on your breath that entire time? 
No, your body just knows how to breathe, right? So that's mm -hmm. considered multitasking. However, it's the autonomic nervous system, which has its own brain, yeah. has its own reflexes to be able to actually make you breathe. Sure. So that's exactly what he's saying, though, is that. Yeah. And you can walk and, and chew gum at the same time. I have a question. If there's uh, someone like listening to this podcast and they're driving right now, should we tell them to turn it off? <laughs> turn the podcast off? Yeah. I mean, if you want to live, no. No, I mean, you might be more likely to get in a car accident, so just be careful out there. Wear your seatbelts. It depends how into the podcast they are. Yeah, yeah. they're probably just completely... Like, uh, oh, my God, Roadhead. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, this Day podcast. Uh, Jake, when we were driving in the car, you better Hello. be driving in silence, bro. And I ain't talking to you. You better just be driving. That's all I'm saying. I like living Shut life the on the up. edge, sir. I like living life on the edge. <laughs> I kind of want to switch it up. I kind of want to go into yeah. spiritual. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I really. What do you we, mean by spiritual? Just uh, our our progression with spiritual and um, what it means to us. Yeah. What is spiritual? What does it mean to you? You want me to go first? Sure. I think I, I think you would be the best one to go first. What they say, age before beauty. So <laughs> <laughs> I win both categories. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. Well, I think I said earlier about two years ago when when uh, my ex-wife came to me saying that she was going to leave. One of the things I wanted to work on was my spiritual life. I grew up atheist, and when my parents passed, I started to ask myself questions because. Unfortunately, it took something like my parents passing away for me to ask deeper questions. I was one of those people that some believed there was God, but then at the same time, I also believed that once we died, our brains were so smart that, you know, it would just be blackness, mm -hmm. which I've learned since then is bullshit. And anyone that wants to test me in that, I'm glad to talk to them about that. But I went down this, this spiritual journey trying to figure out what's going on. I remember I took a, a world religions class when I was in high school. I really dug a lot of Eastern religions. I think it's because I grew up in California and everything was like really hippy-dippy, earthy type stuff. And there was a lot of progressive stuff going on there, let's just say, right? And so I became a Buddhist for a while. I, went, I actually went to Southeast Asia by myself and studied with uh, a few different monks all throughout Southeast Asia, meditating with them and things like that. And that was a really cool experience. Meditation is great. I'm a Christian now, but I still meditate. <clears throat> I think meditation is one of those practices that it doesn't matter what religion you're on, what you are. I think there's a stigma within Western religion sometimes with meditation because Buddhists and Hindus, uh, people that are Buddhist or uh, Hinduism, have really taken it as... You know, it's like Christian prayer, right? Mm -hmm. um, but went down that path for a while and then made my way back to Christianity. And I'm not going to get into the details of that. But the important thing for that was within the last year, I got, um, I got baptized again. I was baptized when I was a baby, but I don't really consider that being baptized because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, but I got rebaptized as an adult, professing my faith to Jesus and Christianity. And for me, that's been the game changer. Yeah. Because my my coach told me one time, I, I was really struggling with a business decision. 
He's like, Ace, let me ask you one. Let me let me ask you a question. Is it okay if I ask you this question? I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, Ace, are you smarter than God? That was the easiest question ever to answer. I was like, well, of course I'm not smarter than God. I didn't create the universe. Like, I'm just <laughs> one person in a world of billion, a few billion people. And he's like, well, then why are you acting like it? Because at that time, I was really struggling with this business decision. And it just hit me like God smack. I was just like, holy shit. Like, I'm trying to control things that I don't have control over. And so a big thing in Christianity is just giving it to God. All the weight on me, all the stuff that I put on myself, like, just just give it to him. He's going to carry it. Um, and that, in addition to an other few things, like, people think Christianity is very restrictive. Like, you can't get drunk. Mm. You can't sleep with a woman until you're married. You know, there's all these rules. And I'm reading the book of Timothy, actually, right now, which talks a, a lot about those rules, but I I think it's the same thing like we talked about earlier. Like the reason why Christianity wants you to follow these rules, whether you agree with them or not, is they will take you down a spiritual life that you are going to ultimately be happier and disciplined, and it's not going to be easy. In Christianity, it sucks because so many Christians are, well, I'll take this part of the Bible as my truth, but eh, I'm going to ignore this part of it. It's like, no, you, you can't pick or choose. Like, you got to take the whole thing. And trust me, there have been many, many things that have happened uh, in my life that I'm just like, fuck, I can't do what? <laughs> or I have to do this? And we can get into the semantics of how man has created ridiculous things because certain Christian sections or sex or whatever you want to call them have like pretty ridiculous rules i would say so well the new testament is exactly freedom because he accepts us all if we're a believer yeah but but um in in the book of james they talk about yeah. faith without works is dead so yeah. you still got to do the work absolutely first you got to accept jesus as your lord and savior and mm -hmm. that he takes all your sins away that's the faith part of it and right. paul's really big on that but then James says, well, you, you can talk the talk, but you got to walk the walk. For sure. Yeah. And I, I think that's so much, to me, that's, that's how I align my life, is, yeah. is how do I walk as a Christian man? Mm -hmm. And by living with a high moral standard like this, when the situation comes up, we talked about preparation earlier. When the situation comes up for morality, now I have a playbook that I get to go to, a foundation that I've set that if something immoral an immoral choice, whether it's business, personal life, anything. Now I get to make the decision. I get to fall back on my training. So being trained as a Christian man, mm -hmm. when those moral situations come up, now I'm equipped to be able to handle those and handle it the right way and be at peace with what I choose through that. Like, I stopped watching pornography about 18 months ago, which has been great. But I took it a step further. I also said, all right, I'll stop watching pornography, but also what I'll stop doing is everything from the waist down is a no-hand zone for me. I've, <laughs> I haven't masturbated yeah. mm. in 18 months. Yeah. Don't need to. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, when you don't do things like that, just take it from a biological standpoint. Like, all that energy, I get to release it now in other ways, whether yeah. it's working out, creativity, <clears throat> all of those things. Definitely. And, and I'm not addicted to that anymore because I was addicted to it, whether mm-hmm. I I could tell myself all day long that I wasn't, but I was. And now when I'm with a woman, you would think I'd be like, oh, shit. Like, all I'm thinking about is sleeping with her, sleeping with her. No, it's, it's the opposite. Like, I actually can spend time with women, and that's not the first thing on my mind. I can actively listen. I can be present with them. I don't have to sleep with every woman that I go. You, you would think that if, if you didn't masturbate or watch pornography, you would just be, like, freaking fiend. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, it, there's, a, there's a detox <laughs> period, right? <laughs> but, yeah. Like, oh, man, these curtains look really sexy right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at those two buns. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but like, do, what, what is it? Do the, uh, do the ru- does the rug match the curtains? <laughs> <laughs> but so I know we're talking about spirituality, and somehow for the guy who, who doesn't masturbate or watch porno- <laughs> pornography <laughs> or have a, have a girlfriend right now, I'm the one that keeps bringing up sex stories. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> I just find them funny. Well... The thing is, though, is that you have control of your emotions, and that's where people will get in trouble. Like if they like when you say you don't masturbate, like you have all like you can put it out into like, your energy into other ways. You have control of that yourself, but a lot of other people will not have control over that. Well, it's it's I choose to not give my power up anymore. We were talking about taking control of your life. I think men these days give their power away very easily, mm-hmm. and. Masturbating to pornography, that's giving your power away. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, well, I talked about with vaping, like nicotine vaping, like giving the power away. Like I had that little plastic, little plastic thing this mm-hmm. big. Had so much control over my life. Yeah. And I hated that. Mm. I hated that. Yeah. And like, I was just like, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'm taking control of this. This is my life. This is my decision. Like, why the fuck is this little thing yeah. taking control of what I do? I hated it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. yeah Breathe air. And you take. But yeah, I and go out like with spirituality, like so I'll, I'll tie it in. So when we watched the Sound of Um Freedom, that movie about sex trafficking with children, in my mind I was reflecting on that and all of those people that are involved with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I know I wholeheartedly believe that they are the devil. They have the devil inside them. Yeah, that's a fact mm-hmm. for me. There, there's no other way around it. Children mm-hmm. are our most precious thing. Mm-hmm. So if they are the devil, and there is the devil, yeah, that means there has to be a god. There's no other way. If it's just a devil, mm-hmm. that there's no god. Yeah, there has to be a god. Yeah, and um, yeah, that was just one of the, I, that was literally last night. I had this whole really? reflect. Yeah, well, we watched it last night. I mean, sure. I had this whole reflection. Like I grew up Catholic as well. I grew up presenting it, so same thing with Drew, I believe, right? Yeah, just like having to go to church. Yeah. We're we're kids. It's hard, to, you know, sit still and listen to. It's forced really, upon you too at that point. It's hard to listen to shitty music on the freaking orca or whatever, you know, like the yeah. orchestra. Yeah, so it's just there's a little resentment there. You hate doing it. You're a kid. You want to go play shit mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But uh, and then it turned into oh, I don't believe in God. There's nothing out there. Mm-hmm. For the longest time. Yeah. 
but getting into this, you know, tapping into my spiritual self, which I never did, is where it really started the turn for me with, you know, believing. Because a lot of people will not believe in something they can't see. It has to be in front of them. That's faith. Yeah. And there's no, yeah, exactly. And that's where, you know, my faith is really starting to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a book, it's, it's uh, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. I, I think it's the only spiritual book that I've read, but yeah, and there's God. It's in there. a great he really, one. He literally talks about God. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's but it, uh, the, one of the things that it says is like, uh, I don't care about anyone else's thoughts. Mm-hmm. I care about God's thoughts. Right. Yeah. And that's like your intuition, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Like all the little things, like the pure potentiality, the law of karma, mm-hmm. the detachment, law detachment, giving it up, the law of detachment, the law of uh, giving and receiving, yep. the universe. Like mm-hmm. that's all. Tr- that's so true. Because yep. like. If I fuck up on something or like I know that I could have done better on something or I, you know, I messed up, the universe is going to come back and bite me on it. Mm-hmm. And when it does and it has, I'll be like, you know what? I know where that's from. It's karma. Yep. Yeah. I'm more every, aware every of reaction it. has a reaction. I'm more aware of it. And then yep. I'm like, I'm like, all this shit is just making so much sense. For sure. So much more clarity with everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just one book. It's how many pages? hundred pages? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Maybe. Uh, dude, Maybe hundred. Yeah. Easy read. It's a great read. It's super easy. Oh, yeah. I totally recommend it. And then Untethered Souls, which is what I'm going to get into next. Yeah. You yeah. told me to. I'm mm-hmm. going to get into that next. Or I'm going to get into his book and then that book. But yeah. like, And then what you said too also is that God is inside you. When yeah. you said that the first time I heard it, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like yeah. i don't i don't get it i don't sure. understand but now i mean i know what you're talking about mm-hmm. because going back to seeing the devil those child sex predators yeah. all of that sex trafficking like those are the devil right there but guess what the people who are faithful they have god inside them those are the warriors the people that are protectors god soldiers god soldiers of you know our most sacred thing which yeah. is children yeah our children we are the motherfuckers that are gonna kill that devil. Mm-hmm. That I mean we have that inside us. Yeah. Just be just getting like beyond the point of anger when we look at that. Mm. Like we have to destroy that. Yeah. That there's we that can't be here. Mm-hmm. So there's two. It's yin and yang. We yep. we have two opposites here. That means that like that's when I started to really reflect on like there is God inside of us. For sure. Yeah. One of my favorite lines in that movie is uh, "God's children are not for sale." Yeah. Love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, no, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with pretty much what both of you really said. I mean, spirituality is the art of connecting with your higher self, the art c- with connecting with the universe or God. That's what it is, mm-hmm. you know. And when you can tap into that, I mean, that that means you can tap into your highest frequency. You can become, you know, you can reach your full potential. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I've I've dove into Christianity and given myself up to, to Jesus and it's probably the most powerful thing I've ever done. And you feel like you're a part of something because it's so big and Mm -hmm. so many people worship the same exact thing. It's more than you. Yeah. And all these things we're talking about with mindset and discipline and purpose, when you, uh, when you dive into Christianity, it, it, it almost like, uh, translates itself like from mindset to, you know, the Bible, it's almost the same thing. It's just God's word. You know what I mean? So I think there's like different ways that God kind of gets in contact with us. Mm -hmm. It's not always Christianity. But uh, when it goes into Christianity and you can, like, put all your attention and direct it towards that, I don't know. If in my in my experience, it feels so much more powerful. It feels like home. Mm-hmm. 
Me and Drew talked about this. I don't know if you want to elaborate what Mike Tyson said about this. If you remember what we were talking about. About um, last night. Yeah. Mike Tyson's quote. You gotta use his voice when you when you quote him. <laughs> hey guys. Mike Tyson. <laughs> uh, Spirituality is amazing. I'm gonna be honest, dude. I, I completely forget what I said. Um <laughs> it was where he was talking about um Shit, I'm forgetting now, too. It was a great thing that you said. It was about, uh, go- oh, where people, when they're about to die on oh, the deathbed or yeah. if they have a near-death experience. Yeah. Um, how he said, whether you were, an, you were an atheist or a Christian or whatever religion you were, when, when you come to the, to the end of your life and, like, you're you're dying or you're about to die, everyone says, oh, God, help me. God, give me just more time. Yeah. God, give me this. And it's like... Want that? It's it. I guess in a way it can. It's kind of a way of saying like you know, like God is inside of us. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Like it, whether you believe or not, He's still always stuck in you, and in your final moments, you're begging, asking yeah. Him for something. By the way, this isn't just a like a thing that we're saying. This is actually proven in studies. People have done actual clinical studies on this when people are about to die. And that's mm-hmm. one that's one of the most uh, common things that yeah. happens. Yeah. I mean, for example, like Nash, he just went to the hospital. Now he's asking everyone to pray for him. Mm-hmm. He's not like a super religious person. He's not praying before, you know, he eats his dinner or anything like that. You know, you ask to get rescued when you need to get rescued. Right. You at, you know, you, it's just uh, almost like an instinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's kind of a good point. Like, we want to get rescued by God, and we want to continue to get rescued by him. And, you know, um, I just went to church this past week with Ace, and it was kind of about rescued. You can get rescued by God, but then you don't want to continually get rescued. You want to get reclaimed by him, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Can you elaborate a little? Yeah, I mean, so say you you get rescued, then you go back to sin, and now now you can't get reclaimed, and then you have to get rescued again. Right. You know what I mean? So once you you know, so you stay on that path of being rescued, and then you get reclaimed, but you you have to stay on that path of you know the Christian way or whatever you believe in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Ace, Ace can probably explain it a lot better than me. Well, re- reclaimed essentially means it's being rescued, but being transformed through the process. Right. So it's like a, a drug addict who gets sober. You know, he goes, gets sober, gets clean, but then goes back to his former life when he gets out. And then he, or someone who goes to prison or something for whatever reason, stealing cars, selling drugs, whatever. That's the point of prison is to rehabilitate you, to reclaim you. And so that's, that's what uh, Zach was talking about is, is, um, yeah, we're, we're reading the book of Ezra right now. And it talks about the difference between, yeah, being rescued and reclaimed. And so, yeah, reclaim just essentially just means you're being transformed in the process of being rescued. Because, mm. uh, yeah, how many people are rescued by modern medicine, you know, because they're overweight? You probably see it all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but they don't change their diet. So they get liposuction mm. or... Gastric uh, bypass. Gastric bypass. Yeah, but they don't they don't change their ways. They're still doing It actually the makes it thing. worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, but... Um, one thing I want to talk about, and this kind of goes back to our whole training thing, the perspective that I changed on my life, <clears throat> and I read 
the book of Ephesians a lot, and specifically, I think it's chapter six. It's there's a section that Paul writes called the whole armor of God, and it's like I put on my spiritual clothes every morning, just like I put on my shoes and my socks and my pants and my underwear. I read this one passage about essentially it talks about that we're not in a battle against flesh and blood, but we're in a battle against spiritual darkness and evil in the world. Mm. And it talks about the ways you can put on your armor of God, essentially. And I read that most mornings. And because I know that there is a battle between good and evil in this world, the sex trafficking, that is pure evil. But even people that you deal with, people that are short-tempered, that you get frustrated with, that try to cheat you, it takes me going through my divorce, my ex-wife. By reading that, it took me out of the context of that person isn't evil, but there is evil working within them or upon them, whether they realize it or not. Mm. And so that gets me to separate myself from seeing people or getting upset during my divorce or getting upset with people that cut me off or that act short with me. Now, sex trafficking, that's... I'm not going to condone that. Yeah. Trust me. Those motherfuckers deserve everything they get. And, um, yeah, if I saw a kid get pulled into a car, you better bet your ass I'm jumping in that fucking car if I'm able to. Um, but the perspective that changed a lot for me when we talk about, like, working out and eating healthy and me following a very strict Christian path is if you believe there's an afterlife— and I think everyone here, I think, can agree that there is a God and there is something more than just the 80, 90, 100 years we get on this planet. Well, what if that, what if us being put here, since we have souls and spirits and, and all of that, we've come from somewhere, we're here now, and we're going to be somewhere, somewhere, you know, after this. What if you took it as in, like, this is preparation, like this life? We, we were born not knowing anything, but we got to figure out what the meaning of life is. And what if the meaning of life is this is a training ground, a preparation ground for what's next? And the people that fuck it up, maybe they get reincarnated or maybe they go to hell or maybe they, they just get to live an afterlife of, of nothingness, of not being able to get into that battle of good and evil, because I think we can all agree that there is a battle between good and evil. So what if life was just preparation for after this? So the minute my heart stops working and I go up to heaven or wherever I go, I get to go in front of Jesus or God or whomever, and then God tells me, Matthew, Ace, you good and humble servant, I want you to be by my side to fight evil in eternity. Then I think all the preparation I do here, working out, eating well, treating people with respect, protecting my family, protecting my loved ones, my community, the fighting for good is just training for the afterlife. Mm. And when you start to view life like that, then certain things like... <clears throat> gambling, going to Las Vegas, and trust me, I'm, I've been to Las Vegas probably all you guys combined plus more. <laughs> but what if 
you viewed life like that, how would that change things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, going to um, the 100-day challenge and your your why behind that 100-day challenge, the, you, the why that you went into it with, mm-hmm. you know, with your soul. Like you, like you actually believed that if you didn't conquer that challenge, that you would lose your soul. Yeah. If I can't wake up at 5.30 for 100 days and go work out and take cold showers and do the things that I said I was going to do and be inconvenienced for 100 days, if I can't stay committed to that, then why the hell would God want me by his side to fight pure evil, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was just 100 days. Mm-hmm. 100 days goes by in a flash. Absolutely. And so, yeah, there was not a lot to gain. Well, obviously, I would keep my soul, but there was a whole lot more to lose, right? Yeah. By just staying committed to what I what I had to do. And if you have leverage like that, yeah. and you believe it, because it, it could have been easy for me to be like, eh, nobody's going to know. Well, I'll know. They'll fucking know. That's yeah. When you're on your deathbed... Yeah. You'll have that regret. Yeah. You don't want to die with regrets. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. It's not what you want. It's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. But I love that. Like, I feel like a lot of people will believe that they have a soul, but there, there's no belief of where that soul goes. And I'm like, I, I, like I was that way as, as well. Like I knew, like I have a soul. Like when you think, like when you think with your heart instead of your brain, well, your heart is your soul, right? Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, if you die, does that soul just disappear with your physical body? I don't think so. There's no way. Because it's more than just a physical well, think, thing. Think of it this way. People that have died and have come back, they still experience things actually even more vividly than the, when they were alive, and there's zero brain activity. Mm. So ex- I said earlier about how I felt like when you died, everything went black, that that the mind creates, or that the brain creates the mind. The brain creates our identity, our consciousness. Well, how does that, how do you explain it for people that have died, and they've experienced so many things, whether it's a flash of their entire life, or they see themselves like in something that's quote-unquote like heaven or, or whatever, like, how do you explain that? They're still experiencing things. They're still getting memories. There is literally zero brain activity because they're dead. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however long it is. And then they come back. And so, yeah, I'm with you. When you die, body dies, brain dies, but the mind does not, the consciousness mm-hmm. does not, that it is energy and that it, who the hell knows where it goes, but it, it goes somewhere. Yeah, it's funny. We think that we know everything as humans. Yeah. We think we know a lot. Man. <laughs> we know Jack. Yeah. We know Chat GPT knows more than us. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out with the next version. Yeah. Well like do they, oh. do they have stocks, by the way, for for AI? AI stocks yet? I don't know. I have no Good idea. Point. I don't uh, follow. We, we gotta look into that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a stock guy, but Yeah. I wanna get no, some definitely. AI yeah. stocks. But like when see when people like look up, like you look when you look up, you think of heaven, right? Heaven's up, hell, mm-hmm. hell is down. Right. Well, when we look up and it's like, well, there's a bunch of stars and a bunch of planets. That's it. There's nothing else out there. Mm-hmm. Well, how the fuck do we know that? Because we know 
nothing about the universe. Yeah. Nothing. 99.99% of it is still unknown. We don't even know if there's other things out there. True. So, I don't know. It's just as hard. There's so many questions. Yeah. And you'll never get the answers to those questions. You won't. You won't. Mm-mm. But that's where faith comes in. Absolutely. Yeah. Drew, what do you think about all this? Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a good good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one to listen to. Yeah. Now, I mean, I'll keep it short, but I don't really have too much of an opinion because I'm kind of still just going through my own journey right now, and I kind of just soak soak stuff in uh, like this whenever it gets talked about. You know. Yeah. I'm open to it all, but I just I have my own processes and my own life experiences that I need to go through and you know I'm not going to force anything whatever happens happens sure you know and I'm not going to force myself to think a certain way or mm-hmm. believe in something just you know I just kind of kind of yeah I just got to get through it this is one of the, I just I, it's just a phase that I'm going through that I've been going through but it's it's kind of like the tail end yeah kind of just like a you know what's next kind of thing definitely can't force it yeah that's no. a that's a key word you can't force it it doesn't work like that you can seek it you can't force it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's like one of my strengths. It's like, I just, I don't force fucking anything, dude. Mm-hmm. I just, whenever it happens, it happens, you know? Right. It's very spiritual of you, actually. <laughs> Maybe. Turning it. <laughs> yeah. It is, actually. Yeah, it's just, you know, was, I used to meditate and, you know, do all that stuff. And it's something I've kind of gotten away from a lot over the last couple months. But I realized, like, and it's not a bad th- it's not a bad thing but i've realized literally nothing about my life has changed because i stopped so i'm like maybe i don't need to do it you know what i mean like i still feel i still feel like tapped in so to speak and just the way i think the way i act my emotions i have full control over my emotions mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm very i let things go very easily things don't really get to me much but there's still just kind of like a what if and it's like when that when that answer comes i'll be ready for it yeah i would argue that you do meditate because i mean you go on a hour two hour run without headphones that is meditation i would say that's a form that is absolutely meditation what do you think ace i'd agree yeah 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 maybe because your mind is clear of anything you're only doing one thing which is running but there's no other distractions there's nothing i mean it's not like sitting down with absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's a different form. Yeah. But it's still a way of you tapping into your own mind without any distractions whatsoever. Because when you run, I mean, you're really not only focusing on, I mean, you are focused on running, but it's like, it's more of just, you're letting your thoughts run and you're yeah. catching your own thoughts. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. No, I've definitely said that before. Like, I definitely get my most, the most clarity when like I'm running and stuff. Shout out Nick Bear. He said that. I love that. Oh shit! Yeah, shout out, buddy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. But just in terms of like, like the whole religion thing, I totally get it. I'm not against it, um, and I'm not all for it either. Just for me, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna knock on other people for it. I just, I'm just in a space right now. I just, you know, I don't know, dude. Just like I'm just kind of figuring it out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna rush it. I don't. I don't need an answer tomorrow. Mm. You know, it'll happen when it happens. When it does, I'll be ready. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. Definitely. Well, I mean, yeah, like you, you're in control of your emotions. Mm-hmm. You're in control of, you know, what your thoughts are. I mean, you, you understand, like, when you have a thought, you know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, 
for me, like with writing, like I've been since the um, Mission Mindset Adventure, um, I've been journaling. Almost, I got away for like six days. Like I had a six day thing, but like where I didn't do it. But mm-hmm. I've been pretty very consistent as of recently as well. Like I've been doing it for close to it's been a month now. And um, like I do a gratitude thing. It's something very very easy. Right, in the, like in the morning or if I'm coming from a night shift. I'll do five things, five things I'm grateful for. Very, very simple, very easy. But I've always been a grateful person. I mean, that's what this tattoo means. I got this when I was like, I don't know, 20, 19, 20. So I've always been, the most important thing for me is gratitude. However, by writing it down and visualizing and seeing it and really focusing on one thing at that one time, which is my gratitude, has helped 10 times compared to just me thinking of i'm like oh well today's a good day i'm like i'm breathing i'm living you know just being grateful for being alive but when i write it down it's different it's really different like i literally i wrote down it was like a couple weeks after the mission mindset adventure just one time i think i wrote down like eight things i was grateful for but in that moment i i just felt i just felt everything an emotion that came over me i started crying mm-hmm. right then and there in my in my kitchen yeah. sitting there by myself, not doing anything, normal day. Right. But by writing stuff down and really reflecting on it, like I just kind of like let the emotion come, and it came. You know, it's just it's 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 very different for me at least from my experience. Yeah. Then, and it's it's great that you're in, in control of all that and you know what you're thinking and what to do with your thoughts. But I just for me, it's very very different just writing things down. It's helped out tremendously. It's awesome. Fuck yeah, dude. Word, boys. I think. Uh, I think that's it. I think we're gonna wrap it up there. Wrapped up. Um, any any final words? I'm fucking sweating. <laughs> it is so hot, <laughs> but I've always I wanted to sit down with this group here. Yeah. For a long time, like it's been a while since we've done a podcast. Definitely. Just with this group, and I was really looking forward to doing it because. We, we don't really get to see each other all too often sometimes. We're very, very busy. We yeah. have our own jobs. We have our own, you know, things that we're doing, training, shit like that. But I'm just really, really glad and happy to see y'all. Grateful for y'all. Grateful he for was so you, fucking pumped that he was 40 minutes late. Dude, I'm telling yeah, you. <laughs> his ass out. Traffic was a bitch, dude. Well, you left at, what, like 5? Yeah. It started at 5, right? No, no, I left at 4.40. Dude, I'm telling you, traffic yeah. coming here. Yeah, traffic was a little. No, I'm telling you, yeah, yeah, dude, I'm yeah. like, tra- yeah. like, but going to training and all that, whatever. That's right. all good, bro. <laughs> yeah. I'm just fucking I with love, you. I love you guys. <laughs> we don't actually care. <laughs> I love you, boys. We're out. Later.